0: The thrill and excitement of March mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours.
1: Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. seven. They stand eye to eye with history and they did not blink. The Heat are going to the NBA Finals.
0: Welcome in to NBA Pulse, a production of iHeartMedia and the NBA. I'm Sarah Kustak, NBA analyst for the YES Network. And today is Tuesday, May 30th. From our extraordinary core group of NBA journalists, we're joined now by NBA.com senior writer John Schumann. Schu, you were in the Building. You're in TD Garden game seven. This Eastern Conference Finals it has been one for the ages. And I think a lot of Boston fans, uh, many around the NBA community thought this might be a history-setting night, an opportunity to see a team for the first time come back from a 3-0 series deficit. But never count out. Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, and of course Caleb Martin, which we will get into and in um, first you, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, you're there. You're you're breaking things down basketball-wise, looking at the numbers. We have been doing that throughout the course of this playoffs. Uh, but more so the emotional side of it. In Miami, four game six, the Heat, it looked like they were headed to the finals. Uh, before that, Derek White put in what they had went through, what they endured, uh, laying it all on the line. And to see heartbreak at home in your own building and to have to turn around two days later, um, after winning or after losing the last three games, uh, what stood out to you about this Miami Heat team to be able to gather themselves together and come away not only with a win, but a 103-84 dominant win in the building of the Boston Celtics? Yeah,
1: I, I compared it a little bit to the Spurs in, 2000, in the 2013 finals where they had game six seemingly sewn up. They were up two with the ball. And the shot clock off. But Kawhi Leonard missed one of two from the line. Ray Allen or LeBron James missed the three. Chris Bosch got a rebound. Ray hit Ray Allen hit that miracle three to tie it. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go!
2: Rebound Bosch. Back out to Allen. History part of nine. Tie game with five seconds remaining!
1: And the Spurs lost in overtime. And that was just devastating. I mean, they had the championship in their hands. The ropes were out right on the side of the court there. The trophy presentation was being um, readied Um, and they had to come back 48 hours and play game seven. Um, And they were good in game seven. They almost were there. They had Tim Duncan had a little jump hook over Shane Battier to tie the game in the final minute. So that was an remarkable recovery, and then it ended up taking a year. Right? They came back, and then they absolutely destroyed the Heat in the finaling finals. So Eric Spoelstra and the Heat were on the on the winning side of that kind of heartbreak, um, you know, ten years ago, Um, and ten years later they suffer a sort of a similar heartbreak at the end of Game Six. I mean, they were winning when the buzzer sounded, but you know, Derek (laughs) Derek White's tipping was was in the air, Um, and so. And then, obviously, they're facing the prospect. They've lost the 3-0 series lead, right? They've blown it. It's now tied 3-3. So the resilience and the sort of fight and the um, mental toughness to come back from that Game 6 loss and the way it ended and come back and and win Game 7 on the road— it's pretty remarkable it's you know was that all the boston games in the series and i think this was the third time that i came out away stunned by what was happening and those were the three heat wins i'm it, you know it's one of those series where it's like the first three what, what was most surprising the the first the fact that the heat were up three zero the fact that the celtics came back and tied it or the fact that the heat won game seven on the road i don't know it's just a a roller coaster, and it was all um, pretty stunning. Nothing was uh, sort of by the books.
0: Wild variations throughout the course of it, and it was incredible to watch. A- another part of that, too, probably surprised a lot of people, was Caleb Martin. And we can gush and gush, as we should, about what Jimmy Butler has been able to do throughout the course of these playoffs. And last night, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, but Caleb Martin ha- has been, you know, a... Individual here who we all have now come to learn and know his story. We've watched him throughout the course of the early part of his career, playing for Charlotte, waved by the Hornets, picked up here by this Heat team, and he has been as steady as they come. Last night, twenty-six points, ten rebounds, eleven of sixteen from the field, four or six from a three-point line.
2: Defending. Outside, Uh, Jimmy
0: Butler does win the MVP of the Eastern Conference Final. Shoo! I'm, I'm curious. Did you? I, I think there was a lot of thought that maybe that would be Caleb Martin's uh, trophy to have. I don't think any of them care as long as they are headed to the finals. But what did what did Caleb Martin show you throughout this? Not just um, his play last night, but the consistency throughout the course of this postseason.
1: Yeah, the MVP vote was five to four. I was one of the four votes for Caleb Martin. It's amazing. This is a guy is in his fourth NBA season. He's never ever his, his career high average scoring was this year he averaged 9.4 points per game. Um a year ago, he was so it was less than 2 years ago he was he was signed by the Heat late in the summer, right? Like he was sort of a almost an afterthought in that offseason. Um but he was in their rotation in the playoffs last year. Um he played every game until Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, and he was DMP'd. You know, they shortened their rotation, and he didn't play. Um, so then exactly one year ago to the date, Game 7 again, and he scores 26 points. Um, I voted him for MVP. You know, Jimmy Butler scored more in the series. I thought, you know, Martin was, was obviously the more efficient scorer. And I just thought he bailed them out of so many late clock situations. I think we've spoken about the heat in, in each of the last two series against New York, against Boston, they've been living late in the shot clock. Their offense just, you know, credit the Celtics defense. They've defended like the initial heat actions, you know, pin down screens, dribble handoffs really well. And the heat have been living late in the clock. And Caleb Martin has bailed them out so many times, whether it be a, a, a three-pointer off the catch or an attack and a crazy finish at the rim. And in Game 7, he was hitting these fadeaway turnaround jumpers over Al Horford, over Derek White. Outside Martin. On top. Open triple. Good. and
2: He's on one. Caleb Martin is absolutely on Woo! fire. Water.
1: He was amazing. Um so one stat I have. So in these playoffs, and he's been great throughout, but obviously he was at his best in Game Seven uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals. But in the playoffs overall, he hasn't. Caleb Martin has an effective field goal percentage of sixty-eight point four percent, which would be the best mark, the third best. Excuse me, the third best mark in NBA history for a player with at least a hundred field goal attempts, and that's. I mean, most of those that sort of the top marks are in the last, you know, several years because of the three point line. And obviously his three point shooting has been a big part of that. But that's a pretty incredible uh, uh, stat for a guy who is just, you know, a role player. Um, you know, has been a role player for his entire NBA career. Um, and like, it, I don't know what you can say about the guy. It speak. I don't know if it speaks you know, the Hornets chose the other brother, right? But I don't know if it, it, it speaks more to, you know, uh, that mis- that being a mistake or just the heat and their system and their player development um, and maybe what, what's inside Caleb Martin to, to sort of develop the way he has and just step up. You know, they the Heat have needed him. Tyler Hero's been out since game one of the first round. Uh, Victor Oladipo's been out uh, since the first round. Um, they've needed... Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin to score uh, more than they ever have. And Caleb Martin especially has has stepped up.
0: Yeah, and you, to your point, probably a combination of all of those things uh, coming together. So it, it was glorious on the side of the Miami Heat. Uh, not so much for the Boston Celtics, who have a lot of questions now heading into the offseason. They've had a tremendous amount of success with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just not ever reaching the pinnacle of hoisting uh, that Larry O'Brien trophy, which is the ultimate goal. Jason Tatum gets injured on the first play of this game. Uh, You could tell he was laboring a little bit with that ankle. Ends the game with 14 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown struggled 19 points, but was eight of 23 from the field, one of nine from the three point line. Big number that jumps out was the eight turnovers that he had. But overall, the Celtics struggled, especially against the Miami's uh, zone defense. They shot just 39% from the field, just over 21% from the three point line, nine of 42. Uh, how do you frame? Not just what Boston did throughout the course of this series, the the highs and lows, but obviously the tremendous amount of disappointment, and in, in particular, the way Game 7 finished, but also for them moving forward in the decision that they have to make uh, about Jalen Brown, who has an opportunity to be extended here, five-year, $295 million contract extension, a lot, a lot of money that would be put into both Tatum and Brown still, a pair that has not quite frankly gotten it done here for Boston in, in the recent past.
1: Yeah, I mean they've they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals five times in the last seven years. And these guys are still just twenty five and twenty six years old, right? So it's in some ways it's just wow, like, that's incredible. And wow, they still have several years of contention. But then, you know, Jalen Brown's up for this huge contract extension and he's coming off a game seven where he turned the ball over a career high eight times. As you said, the the zone defense was Amazingly, (laughs) the downfall of the Celtics. I mean, it's the reason they lost Game Two. Um, You know, that was the game where the Heat came back from two different double-digit deficits, and it was zone defense that they played to sort of come back from both of those double-digit deficits. Even in Game Six the other night, the Celtics were up double digits in the fourth quarter, and the Heat ended up playing a lot of zone in that fourth quarter, and. That got them back. And then game seven, it was zoned for almost all the second quarter, almost all the fourth quarter. That coincides with Duncan Robinson's time on the floor. Obviously, they like to play zone to protect him, but they're not going to stay in it if it's not working. And it was working all the time. Um, in game seven, according to Synergy tracking, the Celtics had just 19 points on 34 zone possessions, which is absolutely brutal and for the season for the series overall they were much much more efficient in the half court against man-to-man than they were against zone um it's pretty amazing five years ago nobody was playing a lot of zone and all of a sudden (laughs) it is winning the eastern conference finals it's it's pretty amazing going forward i think they just i mean these guys are 25 and 26 they're both you know first team and second team all nba this year I don't know how you can swallow sort of breaking them up at the same time. It's it's, you know, that's a lot of money for Jalen Brown, um, given that he hasn't shown that sort of final level of of that he playmaking. I think that he needs to have to be sort of a a true star in this league. Basically, the one question that the the Celtics have to face is the Jalen Brown question.
0: Yeah, a lot of questions uh, to face those that will be answered for the course of this uh, off season as they continue on and some answers uh, for some other teams as we will get to news around the league. Uh, Nick Nurse, hired by the Philadelphia 76ers, we will get your take on that and uh, get set for a quick little finals preview right after this break. Welcome back to NBA Pulse. Sarah Kustak joined by John Schumann. And shoe Philadelphia 76ers hire Nick Nurse to be their new head coach. Um, What's your take on the ways in which Nurse can impact uh, the way the roster looks? I know there's still questions about uh, James Harden um, decisions he may make and what the roster will look like as a whole. But starting with Joel Embiid, what, what do you think Nick Nurse can do on both sides of the ball here for this 76ers team?
1: I'm really curious to see it. You know, the Sixers had a top five offense this year. And they made, you know, they James Harden at point guard made Joel Joel Embiid the best offensive player he's ever been. I, his, we've talked about this, you know, multiple times, I think, on this podcast. He got him in better positions to score, you know, where, where he was catching the ball 12, 10, 12 feet from the basket instead of 18 or 20 feet from the basket. Um, so it will be hard to him um, sort of improve on. Um, and Bede's scoring and or at least his efficiency i think the one thing they could help but i don't know if this is more of a nick nurse thing than just an Embiid thing is just he's got to be a, a better playmaker when he sees double teams when he sees a crowd um out of the post you know he's got to add a little bit of he doesn't have to be nikola jokic in that in that respect but he's got to add a little bit of that sort of nikola jokic ability to put uh pass out of the post um for them to sort of maximize themselves offensively, obviously the James Harden question on that end of the floor is huge, and whether he comes back. Um, and then defensively, it you know Nick Nurse won't be able to do everything he did in Toronto when they had um, you know a great defense um, both the year they won the championship and the following year they were terrific defensively because Embiid he can't has got to be able to stay in the paint. You know he can't be you know I mean he could play zone they could play zone some which they didn't do a lot of this past year um but he can't be playing an aggressive style where he's out on the perimeter i mean shoot game seven against the celtics he was you know the celtics put him in pick and roll all game and he just got torched and so and that's a fatigue thing and 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 again like if you play aggressive defense with mp you're going to wear him down so Um, I'll be really fascinated to see what happens because, you know, that team revolves completely about around MB. It's a different sort of dynamic than, than Nick Nurse had in Toronto the last few years.
0: It will be interesting, especially with all the talent and, and potentially some of the movement across the league, not only with players, uh, but with some coaches as some very good teams still looking to fill positions. Finals, though, we're we're ready. And this is a quick turnaround. Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. It will begin. The Denver Nuggets have been sitting, waiting to see who their opponent would be now. They know as Miami heads to Denver. um when you look at the series, you look at the finals uh, and the way it's constructed, what are some numbers that jump out to you uh, that you're looking at and looking for when this finals begins?
1: It, it just starts with the Duggets offense. I mean, they've scored 119.7 points per 100 possessions in through the first three rounds, which is remarkable efficiency. It's the most efficient a team has been through three rounds of playoffs uh, in the last six years since the 2017 Cavs um and it was i mean they were remarkable in the last round i mean this the lakers had the number one defense through the first two rounds 106.5 uh points allowed per 100 possessions and then they allowed uh 122.3 in the conference finals to the nuggets um so it starts there it starts with how do you defend nikola Jokic? um you know bam Adebayo is a great defender but I don't know if he's a great Nikola Jokic defender. Um, and so it, it starts there out of bio um, hinted in the post-game press conference last night, actually, that they want to take away his assists. So maybe they want to make him, um, you know, more of a scorer, which is tough because, like, Nikola Jokic is basically the most efficient scorer in the NBA. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of that dynamic and how aggressive he is with his own offense um, in that series and then you know uh, you know putting Jimmy Butler on a, on Jamal Murray is is great um, and then it'll come down maybe to you know how the the other nuggets shoot you know like the the heat will sort of show jamal murray a crowd and pick and roll they'll pinch you know off the wings and off the corners and 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 you know force other guys to make shots um and then of course the other end of the floor hey if caleb martin can and can continue to play like he is um you know there's a possibility of tyler tyler hero making a return in this series so that should be interesting um but it's it's tough not to favor the nuggets just given how incredibly good they are offensively, how much of a weapon Jokic is, um, and maybe just how rested they're going to be by the time game one comes around.
0: Is that your pick? Is that what we're holding you to at this point?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would say Nuggets in maybe five or six would be my pick, but hey, I doubted the Heat before, and the Heat have proven themselves to be uh remarkably resilient and remarkably great at finding ways to win and they've won in multiple different ways in this in these playoffs shooting ridiculously hot playing great defense slowing the game down um so i nothing would shock me i mean but hey if if the miami heat a team that got outscored in the regular season uh can can make the finals uh you know anything could happen i guess
0: Anything could happen And they believe that It's been an extraordinary story uh, To watch That's for sure But it is It it is going to be something To watch uh, The difference in rest Between both these teams As they head into Thursday night's game one Shu you're the best We appreciate you And we will continue Looking and reading All your stuff uh, At NBA.com Enjoy the rest of these finals As you continue With the coverage We'll see you soon NBA Pulse with Sarah Kustak is a production of the NBA and iHeartRadio. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.